You are listening to Farm and Fiddle, the podcast that celebrates and explores rural life for today and tomorrow. Every week since June 1999, we have brought you the best voices in sustainable agriculture to the radio airwaves on Mid-Missouri's KOPN 89.5 FM. This is Rhett Hartman. I'm Margot McMillan. Well, good evening and welcome to Farm and Fiddle, the radio program that celebrates and explores rural life for today and tomorrow. I am Margot McMillan and this edition of of Farm and Fiddle will be, I guess, more or less devoted to an interview with Webster Davis. He is secretary of the Missouri chapter of the NAACP. And that's the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, which actually the Missouri chapter was started by a friend of Webster's and uh, fellow Callaway County resident, Jack McBride, way back in the 1960s. Webster's very interested in bringing the black farmer's voice to the NAACP and of course to the wider community and uh, he has a lot to say, so our conversation is wide-ranging, and I think there will be something in that for everybody. So I am excited to bring that forward. First of all, of course, as we often do on Farm and Fiddle, I'm going to go with a little agriculture in the news, and I will go with one of the conversation pieces that Webster and I talked about. This is... Uh, bill that has been introduced in the U.S. Congress called Justice for Black Farmers Act. And it was introduced by Cory Booker and another group of progressive senators. And I will just read their press release right now. It was introduced on February 9th, 2021. Today, U.S. Senators Cory Booker Democrat New Jersey, Elizabeth Warren, Democrat Massachusetts, Kirsten Gillibrand, Democrat New York, Tina Smith, Democrat Minnesota, Reverend Raphael Warnock from Georgia, Democrat from Georgia, and Patrick Leahy, Democrat from Vermont, announced a landmark legislation aimed at addressing and correcting historic discrimination within the U.S. Department of Agriculture in federal farm assistance and lending that has caused black farmers to lose millions of acres of farmland and robbed black farmers and their families of the hundreds of billions of dollars of intergenerational wealth that land represented. Senator Booker originally introduced the legislation in 2021. In 1920, there were nearly a million black farmers in the United States. Today, due to this history of discrimination, it is estimated that there are less than 50,000 remaining black farmers. The Justice for Black Farmers Act will enact policies to end discrimination within the USDA, protect remaining black farmers from losing their land, provide land grants to create a new generation of black farmers, and restore the land base that has been lost and implement systemic reforms to help family farmers across the United States. Here's a quote. Overtly discriminatory and unjust federal policy has robbed black families in the United States of the ability to build and pass on intergenerational wealth, said Senator Booker. When it comes to farming and agriculture, we know that there is a direct connection between discriminatory practices within the USDA and the enormous land loss we have seen among black farmers over the past century. The Justice for Black Farmers Act will address and correct USDA discrimination and take bold steps to forgive debt and restore the land that has been lost in order to empower a new generation of black farmers to succeed and thrive. 
As a new member on the Agriculture Committee, says Senator Booker, I am proud to reintroduce this landmark legislation alongside my colleagues as we work to correct this historic injustice. And then Senator Warren added, for decades, racist policies have robbed black farmers of the economic opportunity to thrive in our country's agricultural industry. I'm glad to co-sponsor Senator Booker's bill, which goes a long way toward restoring and protecting property rights of black farmers, rooting out discriminatory policies, and providing black farmers with the necessary tools to succeed. And that quote was from Senator Warren. Uh, Senator Gillibrand added, black farmers and ranchers have been historically excluded in agricultural industries Inequities in federal policies have stripped them of their land and denied them federal aid. It is not only our responsibility to investigate this systemic discrimination, but we must end and correct it so that the next generation of black farmers can grow, especially as we help farmers across the country recover from the economic crisis. And Senator Smith said, we have to acknowledge that the USDA has a history of institutionalized discrimination against black farmers and farmers of color. That is the history we cannot look away from. Senator Reverend Warnock added, the Justice for Black Farmers Act is essential legislation that will help level the playing field for black farmers in Georgia and across our nation who for too long have been denied the true promise of the American dream. While we work on getting immediate relief to farmers of color to help them move behind this current health and economic crisis, I look forward to fighting alongside Senator Booker to get this bill passed and signed into law. This act has several parts and one of the things that we'll do, and I'm getting this off of Cory Booker's website, so you could easily find it if you Googled Cory Booker Black Farmers Act, I think would get it to you. Um, it's gonna, here, here are the things, the points that they wanna make. End discrimination within the USDA. And it puts reforms in place within the USDA Office of Civil Rights, including placing a moratorium on foreclosures during the pandemic and as civil rights complaints are investigated. Protect remaining black farmers from land loss. They want to increase the funding authorization for the USDA re-lending program created in the 2018 Farm Bill to resolve farmland ownership and succession or heirs property issues. The act provides funding for pro bono assistance, including legal assistance, succession planning, and support for development of farmer cooperatives to black farmers. And they also want to create and fund a new bank to provide financing and grants to black farmers and ranchers. They want to restore the land base lost by black farmers and this Act would create a new equitable land access service within USDA to acquire farmland and provide land grants up to 160 acres to aspiring black farmers. They want to create a farm conservation core and this is a program where socially disadvantaged communities could be provided with academic, vocational, and social skills necessary to pursue careers in farming and ranching. And for historically black colleges and universities, there would be money in this act to expand their agricultural offerings and research. There is a way to get on the website of Cory Booker and see the whole, the whole uh, bill. Uh, also want to mention that there's a podcast on the Farm and Fiddle podcast page that was made on December 8th of 2019. 
at the Iowa Farmers Union in Iowa. That was when he was running for president, and it's well worth a stop. It's the December 8th edition of Farm and Fiddle Podcasts. And that's Agriculture in the News, and we'll have more for you another time. So now let's go to that interview with Webster Davis, Secretary of the Missouri NAACP and farmer from Callaway County. Well, this is an interview with Webster Davis and Webster, you are a farmer and your farm is a couple of miles west of Avaz. That's correct. And what, what kind of stuff do you uh, grow there? Well, we've been working on produce, get produce and uh, find the markets for the produce uh -huh. and things of that nature. Um, it's sometimes uh, growing in, is part of agriculture is not only growing the food, but growing your market and finding the appropriate market. The Basically, the large corporations have tried to take over like all the local grocery stores and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, then the, the local schools are all served by food service industries. The state of Missouri has a uh, form of school program, but then you go talk to the local school, um, even North Callaway, they have a food service provider. So then you got to go and uh, deal with them on a contract basis. And your local colleges, they all have, deal with food service providers. So you have to go and, you know, sell some, what should be your profit with the local food service provider. And some of them are just large corporations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a real tricky, tricky situation. Have you found markets that you like, or are you like delivering? Well, with some, some of them are okay. Uh, and uh, those things to do, and then COVID hit and that kind of, shoved everybody to a side even shoved some of the people that were the going to the um farmers market they had to you know we we evaluate things because the customers we evaluate mm -hmm. different processes and yeah that is true people who sell to restaurants found out suddenly there was no market at all so well, we're, we're going to move forward and hope that things get better. And well, optimism is uh, uh, the most often thing planted by farmers is optimism. <laughs> they plant optimism more than they plant anything else. <laughs> That's right. There's always another year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that you are secretary of the Missouri chapter of the NAACP. And I wonder if the NAACP has certain programs that they are making for black farmers. Is there anything like that that we should be thinking about? Well, the, the, within the NAACP, we're trying to, Missouri is trying to become the first state to have a standing agriculture committee. Oh. Uh, trying to uh, line that all up. I've uh, been blessed till lately. I found a group of like-minded individuals and we'll be pushing forward. I found a young man that uh, is going to school at the University of Missouri that's, uh, wow, he's trying to, he's gonna lift a, a whole huge load off my shoulders and I'd like to come back sometime and introduce him to uh, the people. Great. Uh, we are, also been blessed, I uh, get to work with an organization that works with Lincoln University called CARAT. It's the Council on Agriculture Research, Extension, and Teaching. And we get to go to Washington, D.C. and talk to our senators. And um, I'm proud to be part of another group called uh, Family Farm Action. Uh, they're part of the people that Senator Cory Booker, who ran for president, is part of a group that have uh, put together a uh, law called Justice for Black Farmers. Oh. Uh, it's making its way through. Part of the um, carrot training I've received is, it, you receive updates on how legislation is going through the 
committees and subcommittees. Uh -huh. uh, part of what we got to learn to do as black farmers or niche farmers is learn how to be uh, legislative activists. In other words, you got to not only understand uh, advocates, you not only want to understand the, the, your needs, you got to understand how those needs can be applied to law and how the law is being is used. And uh, the large corporations do this all the time. Mm. We're just late coming to the table, figuring out that, hey, you want to see how they're successful? Don't just get mad at the other side. Learn from their tactics and how you can make yourself successful. And uh, I got an update on how different legislators and uh, even Vicki Hartzler out of Columbia, Missouri, uh, she has an office there, how she votes on things. And it's very interesting when you understand the uh, all the steps it takes to make a law, not, not only you know, one of the things that the NAACP has starting to push is not only is the national election a big deal, your local and state elections are big deals because they affect what happens on the national level. And, um, you know, we need to learn more about how, uh, what to do, like the state of Missouri, a lot of those sessions are now being uh, done by Zoom. Uh, people are getting to... Uh, mail in and uh, and uh, do Zoom calls on the legislative process. And I think that needs to be expanded uh, greatly if we're gonna have a voice in the government. You know, we shouldn't allow the government to use COVID as a reason for them to meet in secret and us be left out. Wow, you just said a whole bunch of really important stuff right there. And uh, maybe we start with the with the last thing you said about letting the government use COVID as an excuse to, to shut folks out. Because of course, we're seeing the same thing on the state level where if they somebody in the General Assembly gets a positive test, they shut this, this assembly down, but they keep on communicating with each other, um, but not letting us in. So we really have to have people, uh, you know, in Jefferson City checking things out and letting us know. Tell tell us about the I believe you said CARES um, committee. Uh, actually, it's Carrot. It's actually a group that goes in 1862. A senator named Moll M O R R I L L uh, came up with an idea for land grants, and they gave a bunch of money to. Uh, the states to create colleges, uh, like say 30,000 acres, you sell this land, you take that money and you fund a college. And that's where our land grant university system came from. And uh, then uh, most of Merrill realized in 1890, a bunch of the, the states that had gotten these uh, grants were not educating blacks. So uh, African-Americans, uh, back in those days, it was Negroes, but it was like, <laughs> okay, the issue at hand was, so he said they could, uh, they started another program called it 1890. And we've gotten to the point now where uh, they, the 1890s, a lot of them are historically black universities. They get federal money in supposed to get state match money and that's a whole different uh, ball game but uh, there's different acts that have been used to um, fund these educations and uh, it all started kind of uh, it, the USDA was founded in 1862 by Abe Lincoln and um, it's done a lot of good but it's also been called the last plantation mm. and you know, it has its own good and bad. Um, you know, there's been a lot of in the media about uh, Mr. Vilsack being renominated and all that. It's all been, you know, you can read the media stories and uh, all that. But the whole thing is, is the purpose of Carrot is we go and we talk to our legislators at the federal level to let them know our needs and let them know exactly 
the money that they have given us, how we've used that money to benefit the society at large mm -hmm. and the good that we're able to do with that funding and the research that comes from that funding. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting, you know, from a man from a small town, uh, you walk the halls of Congress. It's um, kind of interesting, you know, you know uh, I've enjoyed, I've had the pleasure of walking the halls of Congress. And one of the things I, could, I was aghast at is when people thought it was okay to destroy oh. a, a, a halls of Congress, but. Uh, Are listening to Farm and Fiddle, the radio program that celebrates and explores rural life for today and tomorrow. This is KOPN 89.5 FM on your radio dial. And the interview you've been listening to is uh, an interview with me, Margot McMillan, and Webster Davis, who is the secretary of the, of the statewide NAACP chapter here in Missouri. And uh, he is also the rural representative to the NAACP here in Missouri and uh, working to develop more of a rural presence in the NAACP. The music we've been listening to this hour is from the Ebony Hillbillies. It's a New York City string band and uh, this tune that you just heard is called I Thought You Knew. It is written, it's an original piece written by the main fiddler Enrique Prince of the Ebony Hillbillies. We'll be hearing some more from them later on also. Let's go back to the interview with Webster and listen to his observations on some of the organizations that have helped him as a a man from a, a small town of Oz, Missouri, learn how to negotiate the political system in Washington, D.C. as a citizen advocate. It's really interesting, you know, from a man from a small town, uh, you walk the halls of Congress. It's um, kind of interesting, you know, you know uh, I've enjoyed, I've had the pleasure of walking the halls of Congress and one of the things I, could, I was aghast at is when people thought it was okay to destroy oh. a, a, a very halls of Congress. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it leads me to another thing. It's kind of like people who want to destroy certain churches. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I don't understand why, and I'm not sure I'm supposed to understand why. But uh, the like I say, the purpose of CARED is to provide, is to, educate ourselves and to allow us to go forth and educate the legislature. 
So Webster, is there a website that Carrot maintains that people can look at and see what issues you're looking you're you're working on? Well, actually, we're part of the Association of Public Land Grant Universities. The website is aplu.org, and under that you can put type in Carrot. We it really doesn't advertise a whole lot about what it does which is kind of surprises me to a degree, but uh, they do a lot of good work. Um, and we work hand in hand uh, with the USDA uh, for some of these programs. Also, I get to work with a group called SARE, S-A-R-E, Sustainable mm -hmm. Agriculture Research and Education. And they uh, maintain a website called SAR e.org and it does a lot of um, it even helps farmers with individual grants mm -hmm. and um, they've done a lot of research and a lot of the research projects that are there uh, are free for people to look up and see what already has been done and how to apply for grants yeah so, so if if i got on the ablu dot org website how would i spell carrot it was a p uh, association of public it says a p l u dot org oh okay a -P. carrot is yeah c a r e t okay you just put that in the search box and it'll tell you and then the cell program that uh, you can just type in s a re.org and uh, you'll find a whole lot of information like people have done research on strawberries, sunflowers, how to grow mushrooms. It's, you know, a lot of that research has been done. Yeah. But we're yeah. not getting it into the uh, small person's hands, the duty of outreach and uh, engagement. That is a very good point. And I, when you said about they have grants, sometimes if you have an idea for doing things in a different way, you can get a grant from SARE yeah. and they'll help you figure that out and work on your, your project. Then there's another group called Equip or NRCS and they, they've been helping people get high tunnels for season extension. And it's a, quite an interesting experience to, you know, the main thing is you, you cannot be afraid to reach out to the USDA and your extension people and others. Uh, they're, they're there to help you, you need, but you need to reach out and say, hey, I'm here. Where do I go next? You yeah. know, and, and, and they'll help you get there. And so everybody I've found so far has been over backwards to help me. It's, uh, you know, it's like, okay, how do I get where I want to go? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm trying to find the young people reach out. I've found some young people to reach out to and say, hey, the, you know, they got questions. I said, well, the answers are over here. Let's just go get the answers where we need to go get them, mm -hmm. you know. One thing about students is their schedules are very complicated. <laughs> so I'm starting to learn that. It's like, wow, I thought mine was complicated. But uh, <laughs> especially with COVID, I guess it... Uh, you know, it's affecting everything. One of these days, they say we'll learn the new normal. <laughs> uh, when will that be? Uh, Ma'am, if I knew those answers, I'd invest in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, know, one of one of the things you said at the uh, several minutes ago was um, about the importance of of being online and getting to. Uh, you know, be able to talk to these other organizations and go to their meetings and such through a, a, something like Zoom. And I, I guess there's other companies that do the same thing. But, and I wondered if that has been something that the uh, Black community has embraced or is it hard to get the, that information to people? Well, How is that I will, going? I will say one thing the NAACP has taught me Mm -hmm. is how to do this i'm i'm becoming more you know it's like anything else 
you become more efficient if you're exposed to it, you know. Uh, it's kind of like when you, you know, the next generation of children that are growing, that have went through Zoom and are doing Zoom classes, mm -hmm. they will be so far ahead, you know, <laughs> they don't realize how far ahead they were I mean, at age 58, starting to know what a Zoom was, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of like if you want something done with your telephone, you hand it to a teenager. You know, they, <laughs> you know. so I mean, their world, they'll be looking like, you drove to Jeff City to have a meeting? Why did you do that? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, like, like Huh? You did, you know, you got a, you had to take a hotel room to have a meeting. <laughs> Why did you go to the hotel? You know, so yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, I think it, it's uh, coming along. Uh, we're learning the NAACP's have many meetings over Zoom now, uh -huh. uh, and I did not realize how much shorter a Zoom meeting can be sometimes. Uh, you know, because people stay focused and engaged. Uh-huh. You, you know, they're not distracted by, well, the restaurant's over there. You know, this is over there. No, it's it's almost like an increase in productivity. Mm-hmm. You know. I you know, I agree with you, but I think we're in the minority. I have a lot of friends who complain, oh, I never get to really see anybody. I don't know, I don't see their body language, you know. Well, I, but I, I tell you. I think it's a boon. I think it's wonderful that we've got it. Oh yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, people can see enough that I sometimes use a background so that people can't see the, whether or not my shirt's clean or my shirt's free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it has an advantage and a disadvantage. Uh, you know, if the person's live, it's uh, almost like anything else. It's, it's live, you know. Uh, Well, I said at the beginning of this program that our conversation was quite wide-ranging, and at uh, this point, we started talking about a project that Webster's been working on when he was contacted by some filmmakers from India to talk about conditions for black farmers in the United States. And so we talked about that. I uh, had an interesting experience when I uh, talked to some people about the farmers in India. I would like to take this opportunity to ask the American people to uh, think of the how they have respectfully protested uh, what they thought was unjust farm laws. So, yeah, if you you know Webster, you had that conversation with them um, just a couple of weeks ago, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that project. Well. Uh, I was introduced to them through uh, Family Farm Action Alliance, and uh, they. Uh, I, then I started doing some studying, and uh, one day it was kind of interesting. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning with an epiphany, which happens very seldom in my life. But uh, I realized that the civil rights struggle in America owes a debt of gratitude to Mr. Gandhi, oh. Muhammad Gandhi. Uh, he actually inspired Martha Luther King and those people that inspired him and other people that inspired Martha Luther King. And it led me to doing some uh, stuff and some research on a book called Cast, The Origins of All Discontent. And it explains uh, that book is really powerful. Uh, the book Cast, and it explains a lot of things that have happened to civil rights and uh, th those type fights throughout history. Uh, basically, the average farmer in India farms 2.4 hectare acres, and I think that's equivalent to about five or six acres. I mean, they they have small farms, and now the government's trying to encourage them to uh, convert over to a large corporate system, mm -hmm. uh, which will squeeze the small farmer out of the market. Mm -hmm. uh, they seen, you know, they seen what happened in America in 1970. You could raise hogs in America on a small farm and be in business. 
now the large corporations is so bad that the Chinese own 25% of every pork chop. Uh, uh, the Brazilians own most of our beef. Tyson Foods uh, owns our poultry industry. Um, and sometimes you find out like JBS, it's almost like the Brazilian government brought that. And you look at the Smithfield Corporation, you're not competing against a corporation in China, you're uh, competing against the Chinese government. It's actually a government controlled company. You're like, how's this all fair? You know, uh, I don't mind trying to take risks like anybody else. I understand that's part of capitalism. But a, a, lay, a level playing field is what we need, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rules that everybody has to follow. The double standards, the large corporation get by with this and you don't, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, it kind of makes you watch how the hemp business goes. And when there is a new opportunity, even like marijuana, uh, like the state of Arkansas, you could be in the marijuana business if you have $250,000. Well, that doesn't eliminate anybody on the basis of race. It eliminates them on the basis of income. Mm. You know, so it, it kind of makes you wonder when you start watching the end piece of the, of the farmer's game has to be the market. And sometimes we wonder if the person should be called a farmer or a food provider because that... <laughs> That shows that he's more necessary than what most people realize as a formal, you know. And then uh, I believe India, a lot of times, their formals actually make a living off the land. They don't have to have another job, you know, because the form is such small acreage. And, uh, you know, you get into reading about that. And then I read to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the uh, UN and read some stuff on uh, India agriculture. It's all kind of interesting. It's very, very interesting the more that you you have your eyes open to some of these other issues. Absolutely. I think, that once again, you've said so many things in that last paragraph. <laughs> I hardly know where to hang, hang into it. But, um, you know, I think the, the thought that a very small farm, like a couple of acres, can can support a family. That was certainly true in this country. Uh, gosh, probably seventy years ago, um, people were delivering to their neighbors. You know, one of my one of my neighbors uh, who passed away not too long ago built her farm up by raising chickens, just a handful of chickens and eggs and delivering them into town in a, in a route that she took, you know, she would stop at, at people's houses yeah. and take it inside, put it in the refrigerator, pick her money up off the kitchen table and, um, you know, and go, go on to the next one. So, and there were quite a few small farmers in our neighborhood here in North Callaway that survived that way, delivered maybe to the colleges. Uh, or to the schools, just like you were saying earlier. Um, but the consolidation has worked to the advantage of those corporations. So are there any uh, programs that the NAACP, is the NAACP kind of working on this or? Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to get them to work on through uh -huh. kind of the agriculture committee. And, you know, the bigger thing I want the NAACP to work on, we've touched earlier, is uh, the average age of a farmer. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're so far removed from farming. You know, I drive in Callaway County and drive down a county road, and it's funny. Most people wouldn't take, think about taking $2 million and just leave it lay out in the field. But you can drive down Callaway County roads and see $2 million worth of tractors. You're <laughs> just sitting there. You know, you're like, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, we have enough other problems in Callaway County. But you're, it, it's almost shocks you to think, wow, I could take, you know, I could take uh, 200, well, I could take $250,000 over to the John Deal place 
And they would look at me and say, well, yeah, 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 but they don't buy that tractor. That's right. What? And then after you give them $250,000, they don't give you the right to fix that tractor. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you kind of, but uh, that's uh, kind of the thing, but it's uh, trying to get the, the age of the farmer is, you know, we're wholly unprepared in a lot of instances for the next generation of farmers to come. Mm -hmm. And we got to figure out how to restore uh, what type pro uh, market innovation is it going to take to restore profitability uh, to get somebody to want to keep, uh, say they inherit 10 acres. You know, what type market programs are you going to have to have to make the family want to keep that 10 acres? You know, we got to somehow return uh, that to being the, the goose that laid the golden egg. Um, you know, and is it produce or is it combination of produce? Is it, you know, you spoke of the lady with the chicken eggs or is it, you know, somebody that goes into something special like duck eggs, which are easier or better for bacon, mm. uh, you know, and pastry products or, you know, how do you teach people? You know, a lot of times uh, I try to look at it like teaching a kid to do their homework. You know, and sometimes I've known children that had trouble. They did the homework, but didn't give it to the teacher to get the grade. And now you got to teach people how to take and add value to what. Uh... Well, that concludes our conversation with Webster Davis. Uh, hated to hated to see it end, but uh, we're just about out of time. And I wanted to mention that the book that he talked about at the end of that conversation, Cast, that's spelled C-A-S-T-E, that's a book by Isabel Wilkerson, and it was part of the Oprah Book Club, book called On the Air, and uh, people have called it a, an instant classic, American classic. Um, it compares the what she calls the pillars of the caste system that hold it up in various areas, uh, India, Nazi Germany, and the United States, and she looks at what they have in common and it's available online as an e-book. Edit, it sounds like a, a great read, and thank you, Webster Davis, for bringing that to our attention. This podcast with Webster Davis of the NAACP first aired on KOPN Radio and KOPN.org on March 11, 2021. Thanks for listening.